This is the Cato Daily Podcast for Wednesday, January 5th, 2011. I'm Caleb Brown. Barack Obama may attempt to channel Ronald Reagan now that the U.S. House is no longer under the control of Democrats. Is that likely? Is it even possible? John Samples, director of the Cato Institute Center for Representative Government and author of the book The Struggle to Limit Government, offers his thoughts. One of the narratives floating around is the idea that President Obama now, after receiving his uh, shellacking in the midterm elections, should do his best to channel uh, Ronald Reagan. And what jumped immediately to my mind in reading that was the 1986 tax reform. You give essentially everybody a talking point that they can take home to their constituents. But fundamentally, you reduce the power of the government to control people through the tax code. Mm. You also, on average, are lowering tax rates. You know, you know, arguing a little bit back and forth, probably that's a net positive for liberty. And maybe Obama could be on the Democratic side saying, look, we need to keep these fat cats from exploiting these tax loopholes. Yeah, I think certainly uh, from our, Cato's point of view, the 1986 tax cut was really good in the sense that while it didn't lower taxes, it did lower rates and it also lowered uh, – uh, essentially the amount of control the government had, Congress had over the economy primarily. Um, and it makes sense for re- uh, Obama right now in a couple of ways. One is he needs to show or to do things that have some bipartisan basis. Uh, certainly the 86 tax reform was very bipartisan with Reagan being part of the leadership, but he attracted a lot of Democrats to it or it wouldn't have happened. Um and also, um, it would uh, show that Obama can govern, that he's relevant. It, it came – the 85, uh, 86 uh, tax reform came at a time when Reagan's uh, presidency looks like it was starting to slip away into the nothingness. And so it sort of showed that he was relevant and he could achieve a, something big. And Obama needs that now too. Uh, the problems, I think, uh, however, in the comparison are also pretty big in that I'm not at all certain that um, that President Obama particularly is interested in reducing the amount of uh, government control through the tax code. Uh, I'm not sure that he can – he has not yet shown really that he can come up with bipartisan – uh, outcomes. He's his biggest uh, achievement, I think, in his own mind was the health care uh, ref- law, and that was you know intensely partisan. Reagan, from the beginning, had to be bipartisan because he didn't have a Republican Congress. Uh, he had to find forty votes for his tax cuts and his uh, spending cuts in eighty one. He had to find a lot of Democratic votes in nineteen eighty six. So the, it's very much the case that I think the, uh, the, the jury's still out on whether Obama can govern in that way and can govern in a bipartisan way. But it's possible that if he could do that, that he could come up with something that would be acceptable and on the whole uh, an improvement. Trying to extend that comparison uh, between Obama and President Reagan, both had big pieces of legislation right off the bat. Both – did their best to coordinate their fiscal policy with uh, monetary policy. And um, right now we're at the point where I think President Obama had expected the economy to have picked up by now. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, if you 
compare President Obama and President Reagan in other ways uh, and get the comparisons right, I think it really is not very uh, good for President Obama. Uh, by August of his first year, Reagan had passed his uh, most important uh, or in many ways his most important achievement, the, the tax rate cuts and the spending cuts. Obama's signature achievement came really only after about a year and a half and he barely got it through and it turned out to be horribly uh, unpopular really. And he had partisan majorities in both He houses. had, you know, strong majorities and he had what in a partisan sense, could be considered a veto uh, filibuster-proof majority in the Senate. The other thing I would say is you have to look at the, the direct comparison is Reagan 82 to Obama 2010. Reagan lost 26 seats in the House at the bottom of what at the time was the worst recession since the Great Depression. That was a pretty – no one knew it, I think, at the time. But it was a pretty big achievement because the models told us that he should have lost twice as many seats. Now, those same economic models said that Obama was supposed to lose 45 seats in the House in 2010. He ended up losing 63. So the political capacity, I think, of President Obama in uh, comparison to President Reagan looking at the first two years is really an open question. Uh, it's being generous, I think, to say that the jury is still out because it looks like President Obama, um, who after all did have a growing economy, although one that which unemployment was slowly coming down, but it was an expanding economy. And yet uh, he had really one of the worst House elections uh, in the recent history of the United States, for sure. That By recent, I mean the last century or more. So um, I am not sure that we have, despite appearances to the contrary in 2008, uh, because President Obama is a very good speaker, um, I'm not sure that we have a, the complete package here uh, in the sense that, like a Reagan or a Franklin Roosevelt – uh, a, a president who has that ability to govern uh, in the same way as well as make a good speech. And we will see, but uh, President Obama has a tough road to hoe in part because of the distrust that he's on the other side, uh, the dislike on the other side and of him. And I, I would say also because it just doesn't look like uh, the economy – and his policies are going to uh, get all that much better. One of the claims that I heard in the run-up to the November election uh, was pretty much Obama's only hope for re-election was, in fact, losing the House, significant Republican pickups, having to move to the center, a more Clintonian uh, path. What are we? What are we waiting on to find out whether or not that's the case? Clinton didn't become Clintonian for about six months or so, and, and thereafter he was able to maneuver himself and uh, essentially pick up one aspect of his whole candidacy, which was a sort of moderation of, of the Democratic Party. Um, so I'm thinking that for a while we won't know from Obama. Uh, the sense is that uh, he's different ideologically than and much more committed liberal than Clinton was. Uh, but he's going – you know, well, there will be some crucial questions about uh, whether he's willing to come forth. Uh, you've seen some things that sort of suggest – and 
a rhetorical change. And then the question becomes, is it just rhetorical or not? One thing that was a rhetorical change was this uh, sort of uh, praise of Steve Jobs at Apple and saying that, you know, it's a great thing. I think we need to have more people. It's good if more people become rich the way Steve Jobs has by founding companies and running them and so on. Uh, and that is a rhetorical change because President uh, Obama throughout his campaign was pretty antagonistic to business and business leaders. But that's just talk at this point. Whether we'll see real uh, moderation is an open question, I think. John Samples is author of The Struggle to Limit Government. He is director of the Cato Institute Center for Representative Government. You can read more at Cato.org.